0: Stat Media Group, delivering logistics news since 1986. This is Cargo Masterminds from Stat Media Group. It's Monday and it's time to catch up with our new Cargo Mastermind. Hello and welcome to Cargo Masterminds. My name is Reggie John. Alaska Airlines is the only passenger airline in the U.S. with dedicated cargo planes. Alaska Air Cargo transports more than 170 million pounds of cargo annually. It has the most extensive air cargo operation on the U.S. west coast of any passenger airline. In 2017, Alaska Air Cargo introduced the first converted Boeing 737-700 cargo aircraft. Alaska took delivery of two more converted 737-700 freighters, eventually replacing one 737-400 freighter and four 737-400 combi aircraft. Recently, Alaska Air Cargo announced its decision to add two Boeing 737-800-converted cargo aircraft to its dedicated freighter fleet. These additions will increase the freighter fleet from three to five aircraft by the end of 2023. My guest today began his career in Air Cargo in 2007 as cargo control agent at Alaska Air Cargo. After having spent 13 years managing different roles in Alaska Air Cargo, in April 2021, he was promoted to be the managing director to lead the cargo business for Alaska Airlines. He brings a lifelong love of aviation, earning his pilot's license while still in high school. I am so pleased to have Adam Drewhart Managing Director of Cargo at Alaska Airlines. Join me in this episode of Cargo Masterminds. Adam is speaking from Seattle on the US West Coast. Adam, welcome to Cargo Masterminds. Thanks for finding time to talk to us.
1: Thank you for having me. It's great to be here today.
0: Adam, before I come to the main list of questions, perhaps uh, Briefly tell us about your journey in air cargo industry. You started with Alaska Airline and the kind of roles that you did over the last 14 years. If you can briefly talk and tell us about and what actually led you to choose a career in air cargo.
1: Yeah, you know, it's one of those things that It feels like it always bites us when we get into the cargo industry. And um, it was one of those things that's in a good way, never lets go. Logistics are always a challenge in in relationships we get to build as we kind of figure out ways to better cater to those are very unique in the industry. and something you don't get many other places. So originally starting out, I grew up in Eastern Washington and went into crop testing and quickly realized aviation was in my blood um, to where I was able to join Alaska Airlines in 2007, late 2007, and then have been really happy being here since for the last 15 years. I know very, like you mentioned, my very number of roles in the cargo side of the business. Starting out as an agent in the call center all the way up to where I am now, um, different paths of finance, revenue management, network planning, Um, for the airline as well, Um, so a lot of different roles in the house and door. I'm really fortunate and humble today to lead the the group that we are. Um, We are quickly growing. The pandemic has tested the resilience of us, like it has the rest of the industry really well, and is one of the funnest and fascinating places to be in the airline right now
0: okay with that introduction let's get into uh, more serious questions Adam give us a sense of the size of the cargo business freight and mail for Alaska Airlines and uh, tell us about the volume carried and the revenue contribution for the calendar year 2021 and if possible compare them with those of 2020 and uh, 2019 you know as a
1: combination carrier we're really unique in the industry especially our contribution to Alaska from the onset of the pandemic till now Today, we've been really steady and about being about a two percent portion of this company from 2019. That which grew in 2020, obviously, as a passenger side of the, of the business, really saw like, basically the brakes put on, got to put on demand. Today, I mean. Versus where we were previously the pandemic, we we're still about $130 million operating division of the company. But I would say that is where we were in 2019 versus where we are today, too. We're on pace for aggressive growth and, and in an industry that's growing quickly. The domestic side of the business um, for air cargo in the U.S. has taken leaps and bounds and has seen aggressive a trajectory for our growth over the last couple of years um, fueled by the pandemic and we see those opportunities for ourselves and something we're really excited about
0: adam uh, briefly about the impact of the pandemic had on your cargo business as you heavily relied on the belly capacity of your passenger network besides the capacity coming in from three seven three seven seven hundred freighters? It's
1: really something that the industry has never seen before. I think at the worst part of the pandemic, our passenger network was down to 10% of what it normally is in 2020, right when all the pandemic basically started. Um, we still had the reliance of our three freighters in the state of Alaska we were able to continue to rely on. And that, having said that, demand never went away um, for us on the air cargo side. So. The loads that we were getting on the passenger fleet that we did have the remaining 10% were extremely busy aircraft. So, like I said, I don't want to necessarily disclose how bad, how much we were contribution wise for the company in those times. But again, cargo was a major stakeholder for the company during the worst parts of the pandemic. We got involved with the, with the concept of the freighter um, as well, of running passenger aircraft as freighters as well, in addition to the three that we do have on the dedicated side. So we really looked at ways that we can pivot and continue, like some of the colleagues in the, in the industry have talked about. Um, we really looked at ways to pivot and keep airplanes flying, make, keep the revenue streams going through the whole process of it. and. Because of that, even when you look at airlines and their financial returns from 2020, cargo really didn't miss a beat on our cargo revenues. Um, We really just were able to optimize what we were doing and really continue to build a foundation that is allowing us to talk about growth today.
0: Quite recently, there was the announcement of a lot of a lot of investment announcement by Alaska Airlines. Give more details of the doubling down of investment announced recently, and how much of that is going to be cargo specific?
1: I mean, so the cargo side of things, we announced very, two very big things here in the last month. We announced first, announced our new partners with IBS and, and their iCargo platform. Um, so that's gonna be taking us a step forward in digitizing our world. The last system we do have, and um, we onboarded in 2007, and it's been 15 years, we're long overdue. And looking at the, just the modern capability that i iCargo has, we're really excited just being able to get into the next chapter with that and how we communicate with our customers, ourselves, our internal systems and making things much more hassle-free for everyone with it. So we're really, just- starting a path of innovation and digitization for ourselves with that. I mean, it's something we're looking at for the next 10 years. And the same thing goes on with our capacity plan. Our three little freighters that we do have on the 737-700s uh, seven, seven, seven are extremely busy. Um, the state of Velosky, I mean, we brought those on in 2017. And ever since, they've been in our network. Haven't had a breather. And we know it's an opportunity for us that we need to expand that fleet and look at new ways to basically find new logistics solutions for the state of Alaska and our, our unique place in the industry as being one of the few carriers that can go across the whole U.S. into all these rural communities that we do serve in the state of, uh, state of Alaska. So we are a kind of a lifeline and lifeblood for logistics in a lot of these places just because we're the only, again, the only carrier can necessarily go from Miami or Hawaii up to the North Slope in less than a 24-hour period for a cargo. So our business is really unique and we know we need to be able to grow and offer new service solutions there. So the ability for us to bring on two newer aircraft is the first step on that and really, again, making sure we have a game plan for the next 10 years of how to say, how do we flexibly maintain capacity and growth for the future?
0: Do you have any time-specific timelines on the capacity coming in from the two additional 737-800-P2F?
1: Yeah, so the two new aircraft, will. right now our plan is to have those inducted into service next year. So right now we're just going through the process of finalizing just the specifics on timing of those, but right now the goal is to have both of them in in fleet next year.
0: And I believe these aircraft are coming from your own Alaska Airlines fleet, is that right?
1: Correct, yeah. So the nice thing about being part of the bigger airline as we grow our cargo division is we have a great platform for converting new aircraft. Alaska today, we have over 60 737-800s in our fleet today, majority of those that we own. So it gives us a great funding source for thinking about new enhancements in, on future development.
0: And uh, are you getting these converted at IAI in Israel?
1: Uh, we haven't decided fully yet on the, the conversion platform. There's the nice thing about where we are today in the industry is the 800 is pretty synonymous as a, a new narrow body platform. There's a lot of options out there. So we're really make sure we're doing our due diligence and weighing out the opportunities that we have for a conversion platform
0: tell us uh how alaska air cargo plans to position itself as a reliable air cargo player in the state of alaska and in the north american market offering speed to market solutions for key air cargo commodities and also to shippers yeah it's a good question is
1: one of the first things i asked myself coming into the role of this last year and say, what do we need to do over the next 10 years? The first and foremost was we needed to find a platform that we could talk to customers better and make it easier to work with us. So iCargo is gonna be a key solution for us on that. And it's really the first step to say, how do we basically, what is a platform that we need for the next 10 years and having a solution that can do that talking, the APIs that enable a lot of that those discussions to happen between us and other uh, platforms out there. And that's really key in the state of Alaska too and North America, it's just, again, The world is moving too quick and we got to get the systems that move with it. As we talk about capacity, we again, we know our three planes are too stressed today. The airline overall is on a pretty fast trajectory for growth. Um, Right now, Alaska on its passenger fleet is set for, you know, to grow by about 40% target by 2025. So we needed, again, a system that can manage that. But also just think about our freighter network, it really works in conjunction with our passenger network and be able to connect back and forth between the two. So if that's gonna grow at that pace, obviously need to have a freighter network that's gonna be growing at the same pace and also making sure we're, we're tapping in and serving the key logistics needs for the state of Alaska. And beyond that in the future too, as we kind of look at the ways that we need to grow. And that's why again, the, the 800 platform is great for us, just because again, we have a good funding source that we can flexibly grow in the future.
0: From what I know, Alaska Air Cargo has a substantial interest in uh, seafood. Can you give us a sense of the volume of seafood in your total cargo volume carried annually.
1: I mean overall I mean as of on an average year we carry about 25 million pounds of seafood out of I mean and that is just seafood out of the state of Alaska. Um, It's an industry near and dear to us as you can kind of see the plant behind me here our salmon 30 salmon. It's an industry we're closely with. It's in the nature of the state of Alaska industries we partner with and it's something that's never going to go away. Our support for that industry is strong. We work with a lot of the local producers, forwarders, that supported it as well. It's something that brings us a lot of pride to, be, to being able to say we're able to get that product all across the US and North America in less than 24 hours. So. Again, our guarantee to help freshness of that product and really support and grow that industry is something we're really proud of.
0: Adam, what are the other uh, cargo commodities that Alaska Air Cargo has serious interest in and you would really want to see their volumes going up? As
1: we're watching the industry, we're watching the trends there too. You know, everything from pharmaceuticals is something we're very focused on as of lately. We moved a, a good number of vaccines through the pandemic across the state of Alaska and connecting with our partner carriers oil and gas is continues to be something that again just the state of Alaska ties that we do have is something that we continue to look for ways to partner with that industry and just future development for where their needs are there and then just um, like all, many in the industry e-commerce is continuing to drive a lot of growth as well and the need for uh, expedited shipping air cargo has really grown in the industry and especially in the domestic side of the world for the US uh, over the last three years with the pandemic and people have really changed their preference of how they shop and buy and doing that much more at home than the traditional brick and mortar path that they have in the past so and We're not seeing that go away, so we know that's going to be a new continuing growing mainstay here in the industry that we we have to find ways to serve and be creative to make sure we're we're providing a time sensitive service solution for that. For us, as you think about all these industries together and the role we play in a lot of these markets and the communities we serve in the state, is really looking at ways to say, you know, how can we serve them all. That's at the same time and really how, do, how does one feel the other and making sure we're getting continuity across service service time sensitive standards across for all of them. So that's really what the focus is for us is to grow our fleet, making sure we're expanding our network capacity and finding new ways and ways we can provide better service solutions.
0: As we are uh, still not fully out of the pandemic, what according to you are some of the serious challenges for the air cargo industry? And particularly for a cargo carrier like Alaska Air Cargo,
1: I mean, especially coming out of the pandemic, um, staffing, of course, and ground handling, and making sure we have continuity in our business is is key. So, for us to innovate with a new system is making sure we're finding automation where we can, um, and also creating a, a new platform for us to build off of. Just. The, as best streamlined solutions as we can. But the challenges of the pandemic have definitely driven, you know, workforce issues across the entire industry, not even just our industry, others. Um, that's, I mean, from manufacturing to food services. So it's created a really vacuum in trying to get, you know, operation, some of the pieces of the operation back and going. So we've had to think creatively and kind of outside the box in a lot of places, which is a great thing about, you know, challenges is it drives innovation. So that's really where our thought has been through the pandemic and seeing what we can really continue to, ma- to have on and maintain and, you know, good lessons learned as we move forward.
0: Let's talk about the supply and demand in the air cargo. How strong is the demand for air freight in the North American market and within the U.S. domestic market? Do you think that the mismatch in supply demand is still playing havoc and impact freight rates? Do you expect to see the trend not changing in the months ahead? Don't
1: know if I'll comment too much on yield. That was a tough one. I would definitely say air cargo. Versus the start of the pandemic across the North America continent, and specifically with the U.S., is up 20%, roughly about 20% versus the 2019. Um, so we've seen a really a strong surge in air cargo. Having said that, trucking, road feeder, West Coast port congestion have all played a very critical factor in the volumes and how can, uh, cargo flows are connecting across the U.S. So really watching all these key indicators over the next several months is to kind of see how, how do things kind of get back to normal and get in, in the groove is going to be key. You know. Uh, at some point, you know, the world will kind of normalize itself a bit. I'm sure we'll see the yield environment kind of calm down, um, similar to places like we have seen in. Trans-Pacific and a few places that have really taken off on the yields over the past several years. So I'm sure we'll see that kind of get back on track in the years ahead, but I don't know if it's something that we'll see anytime soon.
0: Do you think that by adding capacity, you can stimulate demand? You have added new freighters into your fleet that will come on board by next year. You would have much better plane 737 MAX coming into your fleet in the passenger side later next year and the years ahead. With port congestions and container shortages still making the headlines, do you expect to see demand coming in from unexpected sectors?
1: I think very much so. You know, as being from the state of Alaska and working in the logistics up there, we've always had to think really creatively and how do you get logistics to work in tough environments. So for us, going into this industry, what the pandemic's created is kind of like, it feels a little home to us. It's always, how do you solve problems that, you know, that haven't existed in the past, or, you know, sometimes there there isn't a clear solution. One, the one thing that's clear with from the pandemic is it's really shown fractures and disconnects in the whole, the whole logistics model between air cargo, between rail, between road, I mean, port congestion. So commonality to grow gives us ability to stimulate demand because of the needs there. There has to be some new service solutions in the future to really help provide you know relief where there is congestion that we are seeing it today. And a lot of this is going to be the new norm as we continue on is because as the innovators go through the path of creating new solutions and providing new service options in, in a state like this, that really for us is an exciting time because logistics partners and providers in the industry right now, everyone gets to be have a Chance to kind of go help write, rewrite the book of it right now so we're really optimistic because again like I said for us this feels a little like home like I said Alaska is always tough on logistics but that really is you know let's just be the pioneers that we, we want to be and helps provide new service solutions that, that the industry desperately needs right now
0: no it's going to be a year since you were appointed to the head of cargo division at Alaska Airlines you're not a stranger to the responsibility you assumed last year because you had been with the carrier since 2007 what priorities did you have for the cargo division when you took the current role and how are things shaping up for alaska air cargo and what are the opportunities ahead for the carrier in the cargo business you know the last
1: 15 years has given me a lot to ponder for sure being with the company and being close to the industry um you know the first year was really just trying to get a trajectory for the next 10. just say create a roadmap that we have stability of growth but also flexibility to grow more if we need to as demand environment warrants, um, also find a new ways um, for us to get on a, a, a new platform that allows us to innovate. So those are the first two key ones. The, other, the third piece of this was just leadership and staffing, making sure we find balance in our operation. Again, the pandemic was rough on all industries, including us, as far as making sure we have the right balance in our leadership and then also in our workforce. And that was key, is making sure we have a plan there to adjust it in the, in the current times to make sure we're weathering the storm well and coming back out the other side. on on the strong end of things. So really those, those are the key things jumping into it, right? right from the get-go we had to have a, a strong trajectory of growth that had flexibility with it that's where we are with the 737-800 freighter platform as we head to the future we have a good funding source internally for those as we go down the roads so you know there's opportunity for us to do more down the road but again we have to make sure the demand environment and our is really good and it's a strategic fit for us that we want out and how we grow and just again making sure the innovation pieces are it's a thing that's on the actor roadmap for us at all times just making sure we have a solution that really works with the industry where it's where it's headed and again that's idea getting rid of the paper that we love as the industry as much as as we do and getting kind of kind of current with the times with that
0: you know as an air cargo industry leader i'm sure that you're watching the the global trends on trade commerce as well as air cargo industry in the global stage what are the trends that you observe in the air freight industry as we come out of the pandemic both in terms of the global trends that you observe and the trends that you notice in in the region that you represent that you are in
1: there's a lot that we watch daily i mean it's from geopolitical I mean, in Europe right now, it's, you know, there's still a fair amount of trends going on with COVID right now in Asia that we're watching really closely because, again, that really impacts congestion on the west coast what the ports to you know where is that capacity being redeployed in places if it's you know moving goods from the u.s east coast to europe right now and support the mentoring crisis pieces that are going on right now with ukraine and a little bit of the gives and takes of things and airbridge a little bit being grounded right now there is a lot going on in the industry that is again the stuff that we we know we don't have direct influence on but we got to make sure we keep tabs on because this is kind of what's going to be sent to stage for this year i don't foresee the the market it's really changing a whole lot in itself for air cargo this year it is this is really the year that things are starting to turn around airplanes are getting flying again passenger networks on a lot of the major U- u.s airlines and, and international airlines are getting going in on capacity it's going to take a, a few years for recovery on those fronts and our benefit where we are as a domestic airline in the u.s is the u.s market is, ex- is actually doing extremely well right now we're seeing passenger demands come back so flights are coming back our capacity is coming back so our position is really unique and it's that we're going to be able to be that logistics provider if it is coming off of, you know, those from the ports congestion or if coming from, you know, the international carriers flying into the U.S. to connect with us or coming in as more of a consolidated effort between with forwarders and us between trucks and, and air. We're really happy with where we're, we are at positioned right now. It's because it gives us a lot of opportunity to be flexible. That's again, the, the COVID era of the last couple of years has really taught us flexibility is key. The greater, the Praetor aircraft that we belovedly gave a, a name to this last year, I mean, the, oh, through the pandemic Headstone flexibility is key in logistics, and that's really what our goal is to be, is being able to be really adapt to the the, the changing needs as as time progresses here. Hopefully, you know, we'll see a lot of the industry and the networks come back over the time, but Again, it's still recovering effort.
0: Adam, i like to conclude this conversation asking you to reflect on two important topics. And the one of the important topic is the digitalization. You did make a mention about one of the serious investment that you made in the iCargo platform. According to you, what is digitalization for Alaska air cargo? Will you go beyond capacity made available on marketplaces like at whatever the marketplaces that you choose to have your capacity uh, made available? What would be your big goals in terms of digitalization for Alaska Ecago? Eh,
1: it's a good question. And it's one I think all the industries are asking themselves right now as they try to figure out to find new ways to solve logistic solutions and probably provide opportunities for it. You know, for us, get on the new platform is kind of step one. As we continue to go, it's just going to say, what are the things we can plug into just, again, as an end user that is trying to ultimately ship, you know, between two, if it's B2B, if it's B2C, any of, the, any of these uh, concepts that our George helped them try to solve. It's just really making sure we're getting plugged into the, the platforms that basically help provide consolidated views, efforts to say that, I mean, here are solutions to get from Anchorage to Heathrow or, you know, markets that, again, maybe Alaska doesn't serve, but we something we do with partners. There's a ton of, of opportunity out there for capacity still. It's just really helping us connect dots with us across ourselves and our partners and other, you know, our our one world alliance partners, any ways that we can help connect. So really just trying to help join the platforms of the future, because that's really what, what the industry re- needs right now, is, is finding a little bit of creativeness and helping find new solutions out there um, that commonly aren't you know used very heavily.
0: And the second topic is sustainability, and it is a top priority for Alaska Airlines. Uh and the airline has been recognized for its innovative initiatives to meet sustainable goals. Uh, As the head of cargo, what are your priorities to make cargo sustainable and contribute to the overall goals of the airline? Yeah,
1: it's a good question. It is something that we have a lot of commitment for right now as we try to become carbon neutral by 2040 here. selecting the platform that we're moving to the 737-800 um, is the next step for us on, on a several step process. We, that's a, it's a bigger variant for us of a freighter than we have today. Um, so better unit costs on that, but also better unit fuel burden because of that too, is we're able to carry more on, on a per departure basis. So that's the first step we're making. Additionally, as we kind of continue to go, we're making sure we're having the conversation to say what partnerships can we do to help you know offset you know and understand the environment we're in between things we're looking at with noaa as far as uh, you know being able to help find devices and ways we can put uh, equipment on our planes to monitor to other things like that you know there's we have a lot of interest and investment to do something new in the industry but again that's it's something we, we walk through carefully a little bit. It's innovation, so it's something we, we kind of, we're always kind of keeping eyes on as we go. Yeah, we have a lot going on as an airline right now in that in that area.
0: Adam, it was such a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for your time. No, thank
1: you. You know, the industry is a fun time right now for us.
0: That was Adam Drewhart, Managing Director of Cargo at Alaska Airlines. That's it from us at Stat Media Group. We bring Cargo Masterminds every Monday. Thanks for tuning in and come back on next Monday for a fresh episode. Have a nice day.